0: welcome to the gideon's church speaker program where our mission is to help develop more and better speakers whether you've been speaking for decades or just thinking about getting qualified you will find valuable tips lessons and inspiration here this is sean graver from the tacoma northwest camp in tacoma washington and now here is this week's episode our guest today and his wife have been members since 1982 when they were pretty young He's been presenting in churches for about 30 years now and has served as the New Jersey State Vice President and President. He also helped plan international conventions throughout the mid-90s and then began the adventure of a lifetime, serving as a member of the International Extension Committee, being responsible for 18 countries in Europe and the Middle East. He was then privileged to serve for six years on our international cabinet as trustee for Zone 1, followed by being appointed as a regional field officer, visiting camps in Europe, South America, and the Middle East. Now, in his spare time, he's led international scripture blitzes in Madagascar, Burkina Faso, Venezuela, Honduras, Italy, France, Portugal, Albania, and he's also served in various roles in his local camp. It's my honor today to be speaking with Pat Corkery. Hello, Pat. Hi, Sean. How are you doing, brother? Wonderful. Great to talk to you today. Hey, Pat, tell us, what motivated you to become a church ministry speaker?
1: Well, first of all, early in my Gideon life, uh, I was a member of a a really good camp that just um, expected me uh, and encouraged me to become a church presenter. Uh, They emphasized to me that not only do we go and distribute the Word of God, but we also have to raise the funds to pay for them. And so uh, I realized, as a speaker, I could help provide scriptures for the world.
0: So, Pat, what does your preparation process look like today?
1: Well, without sounding overly religious, uh, it it does include prayer first. Um, I like to to pray for the church and pray for the pastor, and I like to pray that the presentation will be uh, first to glorify God, not to Gideons. And then the congregation will see supporting us as a great way that they can participate in the Great Commission, to go into all the world, Um, and that each scripture really is like a missionary that's uh, bearing the good news that we place. So I, I, like, I like to make sure that I'm prepared to communicate that. Uh, I think it's also important, uh, as we're instructed to, to contact the pastor in advance so there's no surprises, so you know how much time you have, and uh, uh, sometimes the pastor may ask some questions and give you some tips about things he thinks the congregation will, would like to hear about. I like to find out if they have countries of interest for testimony selection. And then I like to see if they have a past history with the Gideons, which helps me know how much background information I should be ready to share. I like to check up on the Gideon display and if they have one, and what kind of shape it's in and all that. Part of my preparation, too, is uh, you know, I, I make sure that I select the number of testimonies that I can effectively share based on the speaking time because really the difference between a a long presentation and a short one is the number of testimonies that we're able to share. And then I write out most of what I intend to say uh, and then prepare a PowerPoint if appropriate. The other thing that I I think is important for speakers to do, at least the way I like to do it, is I like to weave the call to action and the, the informational statement or information throughout the presentation rather than have it like separate little blocks. And then finally, I, I do at least one practice where I'm going to be sure that I'm going to stay on time and that it sort of doesn't sound clumsy. So that's about it.
0: Now, you've been doing this a long time, and so many people would think that you have all of this memorized and have it down pretty solid. But what do you bring with you to the podium when you head up there? Do you bring notes? Do you bring scriptures? What, what What's in your hands?
1: I guess the answer would be yes to all that. Uh, I bring a Bible. Uh, one one full-size Bible, perhaps two Testaments, um, probably no more than that. And, uh, and I bring a couple Gideon cards if I don't have them as part of the PowerPoint presentation. Uh, a church insert uh, so that I can sort of give a visual demonstration uh, of uh, what they ought to be doing with that when I instruct on the offering. And I bring notes to the podium. That's about it.
0: Now, t- can t- tell us a little bit about your notes. Do you, you, you since you do have this written out in, uh, ahead of time, do you bring a full script of notes or do you use bullet points or something in between?
1: Well, basically, I haven't overcome the need to use notes. Uh, I think most speakers use some form of notes. Sometimes I, I'll use an iPad. Sometimes it'll be paper. I typically write down what I'd like to call cryptic notes. In other words, I just have a few words to help trigger the next thought or statement that I want to make. And when you share testimonies a number of times, I'll just, you know, put down Cynthia West testimony or something like that so that I know that's what comes next. I think one of the things that, uh, at least for me, is I found that the shorter the amount of time that I have for a Gideon presentation, the more I actually depend upon and rely upon the notes. And if it's a real short presentation, like three to five minutes, which I've done many times, I really need to have it written out so I don't, because uh, all you have to do is ad lib a little bit and you're over That's pretty much what I'd like.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on, on that. If you're not prepared, the the time will greatly expand far beyond what you think it will take. That's correct. So, how do you open? How, how do you start your presentation?
1: Well, I have a, a few different ways depending on the situation. If I have a, a really short presentation, then I'll probably start out with a brief attention-getter, something that's going to perk them up, and i um, like to have a good, strong testimony, and so that, that's what I'll do. But if I've got 10 minutes, let's say, which is what, what we often like to have, uh, I like to start off using one of the videos that Guinea's International has provided for us. My personal favorite is called With Every Heartbeat. And it's about a two-minute video. And in that two-minute video, there's several testimonies and a really powerful one where, where the guy um, basically refers to how uh, he was taking drugs in a hotel in the Bible. He read, he read from Revelation, and, and the Lord saved him right there. And uh, i like to do, be able to do that because it, it actually does also provide some of the informational information uh, as part of that video. What I'll do is I'll tell the church, Pastor or whoever's operating the technical side of the house, that after I'm introduced, like Pastor will say, we have a Gideon with us today. Before I even go up on the platform, I have them run that video. And as it's concluding, I make my way up and I'm standing in my place. And then from that point on, uh, even though I've given up a couple of minutes, now it becomes a regular Gideon presentation. I'll start out with an attention getter and move on into the overall message. So that's pretty much how how I start. Uh, Sometimes I don't necessarily use a Gideon testimony for an attention getter in the beginning. Uh, Sometimes I like to to use something that's going to really focus people toward the Word of God, and it's amazing how you can sort of throw in some information. For example, um, I may start out by saying, you know, there are billions on our planet to face an eternity without Christ. Many have never even heard the name of Jesus, have never had one opportunity to hold a copy of God's word in their hands, or hear the gospel clearly presented in a language that they can understand. And then I'll go in and say, now Billy Graham has said the most effective thing that we can do to reach this lost and dying world for Jesus Christ is to distribute the written word of God. That's our mission, that's our vision, why we're placing more than one million scriptures every four and a half days in 101 languages, this past year, God allowed us to distribute over 87 million copies, one at a time, free of charge, with one singular purpose in view, to win the loss for Jesus Christ. And so, as I share something like that, you know, usually people perk up and they're paying attention, and I go ahead with some testimonies and the rest of the presentation.
0: Yeah, when you're doing that, then you're actually, you're opening with a definition of the need. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I I think that helping the congregation sense and feel, there's a sense of urgency to reach the lost for Christ. And when somebody who's got as much horsepower as Billy Graham says that the written Word of God, distributing it, is the most effective thing we can do, it it puts that in their minds and their hearts.
0: So, Pat, when you arrive at the church, what do you do to connect with your audience on on a personal level?
1: Well, first, I like to arrive at the church early. In fact, I like, if I get myself going in the morning like I should, I like to get there perhaps even before the pastor does. And as people show up, I like to say hello and shake their hands and engage them a little bit about uh, why I'm there. And they'll ask questions about the Gideons. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is to help me feel comfortable, get to know them a little bit. But the other is also to perhaps engage some folks that might be interested in joining our ministry. And so I like to get there early and do that. When I'm introduced and I'm up in the pulpit, I think that uh, it's really important to keep eye contact with people to make sure that you're looking across the crowd, depending on how large it is. And I think it's important while you're up there, not to look like you're going to be shot. You know, sometimes Guinea's we need to be serious about what we're doing, but I think sometimes they get really tense about it because we're focused on our performance and, I realize that you're representing the King of Kings, that these are brothers and sisters in Christ that you're speaking to, so that's uh that's pretty much what I like to do i just i and I like to keep my eye out for those people that might you know really be leaning forward, really connecting with you and perhaps after the the service to engage them in conversation and find out what they're about.
0: Well, Pat, I usually ask people to tell me about an interesting or unique approach to bring to your presentation and, and uh, so far. You have already told me so many, so I I hesitate to even ask again, but is there any other uh, unique approaches or other interesting tips you would have for presenting? You
1: know, I'm I'm not so sure if this is unique. I think that there are are lots of Gideons that are experienced to do this, but I, I like to make sure that I tie in and refer to the testimonies that I've used in my presentation when it comes time for the call to action. If I I share a a testimony about a young woman who was a prostitute in a hotel that picked up a copy of God's Word and and the Lord drove her to her knees and she left with the Bible in hand and her stuff and never looked back and became a a believer, then I like to to say as I'm doing the call for action, you know, $5, put a scripture in a hotel room where Tina Hoffman met our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that's really important. Is, is, I don't know how unique that is, but I, I know for me when I started doing that, I saw my offerings increase. Uh, I'll say markedly, I don't know if I'd say significantly, but they did increase.
0: After 30 years of presenting the Gideon Mission, the ministry, uh, the updates to churches, how do you improve or evolve that presentation, especially so that the same church doesn't hear that same message twice?
1: Okay, well, it's a little bit mechanical, I think, in some ways, because um, those notes that we were talking about before, on my computer I've got a a file, and I, I keep those. I download them into the cloud and on a thumb drive so I don't lose them, and if I get to go to that church again, I can go look it up and I've got a reference on the testimonies I've used and, and my attention getter and how I started and how I ended. And I just don't do the same thing again.
0: You're a well-organized man. <laughs> you you are, you are a bit more well-organized, I think, than most of us.
1: Actually, I'm just afraid of goofing up, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you have described your call to action, uh, very, very well. You, you weave it in throughout the presentation and, you, you mentioned something that we, we need to talk about just a little further. You tie the testimonies that you've shared into that call to action at the end. So if you've shared two or three testimonies, then when you're making maybe that final closing call to action, you're bringing those people's names back up, and you're calling out how somebody gave... To provide scriptures for them is, is is that was the major change that you found that made a huge difference? Is that what I understood?
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and it's I think it's important to know in the the call to action that you know we're we're typically looking for a number of things from the congregation. And so what I do is I will in my message I'll say uh, something along the lines as I uh, maybe I, I share a, a a really good testimony that describes the impact of our ministry i'll i'll say you know our partnership is vitally important that we have unprecedented opportunities to reach countless souls for christ here's how you can help and then i'll start out with prayer i'll say you know pray for us but then i like to give them specifics you know this all depends on how much time you have and if you've got 20 or 25 minutes which is a rarity you can be a little more specific but but what i'll do is i'll say uh, you know, pray for us. Pray that hotel and motel doors will remain open to us. Today we're finding that that we don't have that exclusive franchise anymore. Pray for people like Tina Hoffman that'll check into the hotel and need to know the Lord. Pray for the Middle East. Pray for the safety and protection and open doors of our gideon We have Gideons in many of these countries, some of whom are having some success in placing Bibles in hotels. And I'll ask them to pray for China where God's given us an open door, albeit a narrow one, where we've quietly placed over 5 million scriptures so far, and we've registered over 18,000 decisions for Christ. So you see, I'm giving them information while I'm asking them to pray and, and being specific about it. And I like to, to do this one. I'll say, Pray that we'll have the funds needed to pay for the scriptures we purchase and send around the world, where God's given us so many open doors in India and China and places like that. So I'm already sort of connecting them with the offering by, you know, asking them to pray. Because that is a big prayer request we have to have the funds to do the job. And then I'll slide into you can also help provide the Word of God by using Gideon cards. And hopefully there might have been a little bit on the PowerPoint about that that will help me. And uh, so we talk about that. I'll mention membership. In the context of membership, I'll also share about being a friend of the Gideons. So, you, know, you can actually have a part in distributing God's Word by being a donor with the Gideons through the Friends of the Gideon program, and I'll explain a little bit about that. I mean, I'm talking about 30 seconds. Um, and then finally, I get around the financial support and I ask that they would give generously today to help us provide scriptures for the world. And as part of that call for financial help, that's when I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and I'll tell them, you know, $5 for uh, the Bible in Tina Hoffman's hands, $35 to provide enough scriptures for one classroom in Africa or South America, and $120. We'll send the boxes, 100 scriptures to a country that needs our help. So those things, that gives them some ideas, and we'll see checks for $35 and $120 and that kind of thing.
0: I like that approach of giving people multiple price points because we all respond to a call to action in different ways. And there are people that can write that check for $120 or $130 or or for $1,200. And then there's others where Five or ten dollars is really a hardship for them. That's, that's right. And connecting that the gift, no matter how large or small, has significance and can mean something. Uh, I think that's a great approach.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, that the Lord does honor that, and I think your point is well taken. That you want you want the person that might not be able to give a lot to know that the Lord sees their heart, and whatever they give is great.
0: Now, oftentimes a church will agree, a pastor will agree to take care of the offering themselves, or even the pastors sometimes will make that call uh, for an offering. Uh, But many times, we are the ones making that full call to action and handling the collection in the lobby, uh, by the door on the way out. When that's the case, how do you prefer to handle the offering?
1: That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. There's some things that we've done traditionally in the past that have served us well, and there's some things I believe that it's time to move on. I do not like to stand in the back of the church with an open Bible uh, so that as people come by I can just smile and nod my head and they're putting money on the Bible and if they're being generous then I got to take it off the Bible and put it in my pocket and you know the optics on that I don't know how good that really is and it can be clumsy so what I do is uh, and I don't think I've ever had a pastor say no is I asked them, would it be okay if uh, I talked to your ushers and asked them if they would stand by the doors with offering plates to collect a retiring offering today? And uh, that way I'd have an opportunity to be able to perhaps uh, engage a member who would like to talk about something or have a little information or share a story or talk to them about membership, whatever it might be, while those guys are taking the offering. That's my favorite way to do it, and I cover that with a pastor ahead of time.
0: Have you found that it's pretty well received?
1: Yes, it's well received and it helps us accomplish more of what we want to do. Uh, often, I'll have a, uh, a table set up in the foyer or in some convenient location where I have some scriptures and uh, some Gideon card and other informational kinds of things, friends and Gideon's brochures, and you know all that. And so um, I'll move on out there while the uh, people are leaving. The offering is being received so I can greet people there, too. So it's just a number of really good reasons not to do that. Another good reason to have a prayer partner with you so that if for some reason that's not available, then your prayer partner can participate and help with the offering.
0: Now, Pat, if you could give one piece of advice to other speakers or potential speakers, what would that be?
1: They need to prepare with the knowledge that God has called you to this. Um, You know, every good leader makes sure that the people he holds accountable have the resources to do the job. And it's important for us to realize God's the perfect leader, and he's given us the resources we need to carry out the Gideon ministry, and they all come from the church. Um, Prayer. The the prayers from God's people are indispensable. Members, every one of us is a church member. And, and there are many Gideons today that you would find that said, Hey, I, I got drawn to the Gideons by the Lord when I heard a presentation in the church. And then the other thing is understanding as you prepare that uh, God is going to provide the funds that we need for the scriptures as you're faithful to prepare and do a good presentation. He'll move upon the hearts of the members uh, of his body in the church to support us because it's God's ministry ultimately. and. Uh, And and our reason for being there is to report to the body what God's doing through the ministry and encourage them to participate with us and to support us. So, you know, Sean, as we're faithful to pray and to prepare, and then to present the ministry in a God-glorifying way with a sense of urgency, I think God will bless and we'll have what we need.
0: So, Pat, were there any questions that I didn't ask that I should have?
1: You know, one of the things that I think might be a a question that would be asked that would really serve as a prompt to help maybe the camps do a little bit more, and that is, is your camp doing anything to help perhaps you stay sharp or to encourage more speakers from the camp to get more men to get involved from your camp to be speakers? Some of the things that are in the back of my mind as I say that is there are some camps that several times during the year will have the Gideon give a 10-minute church presentation just to sharpen them and to let the members hear what a church presentation should sound like. I can remember a couple camps I've been involved with. The one I'm in now isn't doing this, but we should. And that is once a year. We informally qualified before our members to keep us sharp and to give them the blessing of hearing the testimonies and all that. That's one thing. The other thing is that uh, sometimes we have some guys who are a little bit bashful or shy about wanting to speak, but if the camp president or if the camp cabinet decides that uh, one of the things we want to do is make sure that every camp meeting on our agenda for that evening, somebody's going to extemporaneously share Getting Gideon testimony from the current uh, magazine or from the information board, one of, one of the areas where we encounter, from all the on, of course you can see them online, <clears throat> online now too. But the idea is to have a guy come up and in three minutes share a testimony and pick on people that are not church speakers to do that. And if, if you do this off and on, what you're doing is you're helping them get prepared by teaching them how to share testimonies.
0: I think that's an excellent suggestion, and I think that Uh, I think that more camps will hopefully get involved with that and to help build up more and better speakers. And that's that's our whole whole mission here. And part of this conversation is to help encourage people to get more involved with that. So uh, that's that's great advice. Well, Pat, thank you so much for your time today. This has been uh, a really wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot. I hope Uh, Our brothers will also learn a lot from this. Your insight and advice has been really valuable. So thank you again very much, Pat.
1: You're very welcome, Sean. It's been a, a blessing to talk with you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Gideon's Church Speaker Program. We hope you found it informative and inspirational. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on an upcoming episode, send me an email at sean.graver at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N dot G-R-A-V-E-R at gmail.com. Or visit our website at www.tgispeaker.com and use the password TGI for access. Proverbs 9.9 says, 9, Says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. See you next time.